Hello and welcome to another podcast. This is John Leach here and we're asking the question, why did Jesus go to the cross? And we're asking that question of different biblical authors and we're finding, surprise, surprise, that they're going to give us different answers. Uh, So far in this series, we've asked St. Luke, we've asked St. Mark, We've asked St. Paul, and we have got three very different answers. Not that one's wrong and the other one's right. It's like facets of a diamond. As you spin it round and look at different uh, facets of it, you get uh, part of the complete picture, but you get a unique kind of sparkle from each one. And by the end of this series, we'll have done half a dozen or so different views. So let's just have a little recap. St. Luke, those two key words in the Acts speeches, but God. The power of the cross is God's ability to reverse human evil, to overturn even the worst of things that humans can do against him and bring victory out of that. St. Mark, very different. Jesus is finally revealed for who he really is and what God's plan is and has always been. And the secrecy which has run like a thread through Mark's gospel um, is suddenly whisked away uh, just as that curtain in the temple is torn open and we can finally understand Uh, inspired by John Wayne the centurion just who Jesus really is the son of God and St Paul that courtroom drama Jesus dying in our place taking the sentence that should have been ours so that we can go free and doing so willingly and in cooperation with all the members of the trinity Now we're going to ask that same question today to another biblical author and that's going to be quite difficult because actually no one's got the foggiest idea who he or indeed she was. I'm talking about the letter to the Hebrews. What we do know about that letter is that it was written to Jewish Christians and so they had come from a background of the Uh, Jewish religion with sacrifices and so on they'd become Christians they put their faith in Jesus rather than in keeping the letter of the law and cutting up the right numbers of animals to get forgiven and all that kind of stuff but now they're being tempted to go back to the Jewish religion maybe because they found following Jesus too demanding Um, maybe because that was a point in history when although Christians were being persecuted Jews weren't so you're more likely to escape with your life if you go back to uh, being a Jew Uh, but whatever it is the author is explaining to them how much better Jesus is and therefore the the stupidity in taking a step backwards why go back to a clapped out Skoda when you could have a Ferrari and if you're interested in more of that there's a full series on this argument 
in the letter to the Hebrews, and you'll find that earlier on in my uh, COVID podcasts on Rev John Leach blog. But that's the thrust of the letter. Don't go back, keep going forward. So why does the author, whoever he or she was, think that Jesus went to the cross? And I have to say, it's not as straightforward as some that we've seen up to now. Luke was really simple. Paul, whether we like it or not, it's not difficult to grasp. And I think we get a clue from a key verse in Hebrews chapter 9. And if you can look at the text, if you're not driving or something like that while you're listening to this, then that would be helpful to you. I'm just turning it up myself now. In Hebrews chapter 9, the author starts off by describing in great detail how the Jewish sacrificial system worked. Now, the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up in its first room with a lampstand, and so he goes on uh, in, in great length. And then you get something quite surprising as you carry on. In verse 7, he tells us, uh, the high priest, and only the high priest, entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, of which more in a moment, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. And then here's the real bombshell in verses 8 and 9. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshippers. Now just think about that for a moment. Have you got that? God, through Moses, gave instructions for the setting up of this elaborate sacrificial system and all the furniture and equipment and bits and pieces and decor that you need to show that it didn't work. Now, what on earth is all that about? And I can remember uh, a few years ago, quite a few years ago now, um, in my curacy, uh, I was given this passage to preach on and I got stuck on that verse. And I, I had no idea what to say about that. I just couldn't make any sense of it. God had given very clear directions about how all this system was to be set up and worked out so that he could prove that it didn't work. And I can remember we had a guy in our church at that time who we used to kind of nickname the rabbi and he was a a, a really good theologian and a, and a deep teacher. 
And I can remember going to him and saying, what on earth do we make of this? Why would God set all this up just to show that it doesn't work? And as we were talking about it, I, I suddenly had a breakthrough and I had a, a, a picture in my head of a flight simulator. Now, a flight simulator is a kind of box that um, you go and sit in. Apparently, I've never been and sat in one, but it's kind of box that you go and sit in, which looks exactly like the flight deck of an airliner. And it's got all the right controls and it, it kind of moves around on, on stilts and sticks and so on um, as you move the controls. And it's where pilots train. And actually, the, the more I thought about that, I thought, well, a flight simulator is actually a very elaborate, high-tech, computerised, digital and very expensive way of going nowhere it never leaves the ground it's a wonderful piece of equipment i'm sure but it will get you absolutely nowhere however if you do go on a real plane as a passenger you're probably quite glad that flight simulators exist because your pilot has no doubt spent hours in one. And that, says the author, although he doesn't, to be fair, he doesn't mention flight simulators as such, but I think that's what the author is saying here, that the Jewish sacrificial system is a flight simulator. It was never, ever going to work. It was never going to get forgiveness on the, off the ground. But it's great training for the real thing, which is going to come later with Jesus. And I think that's what this chapter of Hebrews uh, is trying to say. It's often said that Jesus came to fulfil the Old Testament sacrificial system. I think the author to the Hebrews would say it's the other way round. The Old Testament sacrificial system came to explain Jesus. So what exactly did that Jewish system tell us? And how did it explain Jesus and the cross? Now, the, the point of a flight simulator is that you learn from it some things about what real flying is actually going to be like. And the Old Testament sacrificial system, in the same way, tells us some things about jesus ministry and particularly about the nature of sin and the cross's answer to it let's have a look at some of those first of all the old testament shows us that we have a serious problem i don't know whether you're fans of casualty that's one of our uh, guilty pleasures although my wife chris looks away uh, every time there's any blood or a, a nice bit of impaling on something uh, or what have you. Although, to be fair, I look away every time there's babies being born. So we're as bad as one another. 
but Old Testament Jewish worship was not for the squeamish. There was blood everywhere. And the author tells us in 9.22, the law requires that everything gets sprinkled with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. Now, why is that? The answer is because in Jewish thought, blood equals life. When your blood stops flowing, you no longer have life. And sin is such a serious issue that it costs blood. That's what the author's saying there. Sin is literally a matter of life and death. And you may think it's just nicking a biro from work or something like that. But sin is sin. And that's why Jesus had to die. And the blood that flowed from his body achieved what thousands of gallons of animal blood never could. We have a serious problem. And Jesus solves it with his blood on the cross. Secondly, and we move on to the next chapter now, Hebrews chapter 10. The Old Testament system shows us that we have a serious problem, but also a continual problem. And Hebrews 10 is about the ongoing nature of sin. We keep on sinning again and again, we may hate ourselves for it, and Paul wrestles with that, as we said before in chapter 7 of Romans, but we're powerless to stop it. And 10.1 says that the sacrificial system can never make perfect those who keep coming to cut up goats day after day, year after after year the priests had to keep on and on and on and on offering sacrifices knowing that they would have to do it all again tomorrow and that the same people would come back to atone for the same sins does that sound familiar and so 10-4 it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin but we have to keep doing it anyway now that's what i call discouraging but then he contrasts jesus blood shed once for all and it was that that did the trick verses 11 and 12 day after day every priest stands and performs his religious duties Again and again he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down. He put his feet up. He reached for a gin and tonic and switched on the telly for the evening. His work is done. And all your sin and mine, past, present and future, are dealt with in the one great sacrifice 
to end all sacrifices. So a serious problem, a continual problem. The third thing that this flight simulator helps us to understand is that we have an insoluble problem. There's nothing we can do of ourselves to make ourselves better. Have you ever made New Year resolutions? Have you ever tried to go on a diet? Have you ever entered Lent with high hopes of some new discipline or, or something or other? Where are those things now? Are you honestly any more holy or better because of your own efforts? The whole futility of that sacrificial system shows us just how helpless we are. That system required a priest as a go-between. We're, we're so sinful, we can't come to God on our own without an intermediary. And so human priests had to come on our behalf. But Jesus solves that too. And uh, Hebrews chapter 4 talks about that. We don't need priests, not in the sense that the Old Testament mean. Obviously, we still need Anglican priests. Some of us uh, make a living out of that. But Hebrews said that that great high priest opened the way once and for all. So what would the author of the letters to the Hebrews say to us about the cross? It's there to teach us truths about sin as well as to set us free from it. And the take home from this, I think, is threefold. Never say sin doesn't matter. It does. It costs Jesus his lifeblood. Whether that's diddling your tax form or wiping out six million Jews, sin is sin. And it is a serious problem. And without the shedding of blood, there cannot be forgiveness. And Jesus' blood has been shed. And that has done the trick in the way that the Old Testament sacrificial system never could. Secondly, never say sin is too bad or too frequent for forgiveness. Never give up your struggle against sin because you just believe you can never win it. Jesus' blood forgives you all your sin, past, present and future. And never say, thirdly, well, I can make it on my own. Whether that's good works or trying hard or doing good religious stuff. It's Jesus' blood shed on that cross which has opened the way to God and without it we'd never make it with it we can